0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of How Not, the brand new, shiny podcast hosted by me, Luca Manning.
1: And Mika Kim
0: We are two gobby Scottish creatives who like to talk about the big stuff and we thought you might just like to listen. Well, apparently you do like to listen. Anyway, more of that later. Our podcast is here to remind you to always be good troublemakers, think big and ask, How Not? How are you?
1: Good, thanks. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm very content. Oh, um, this is just a lovely We thing. have... Um, So if you subscribe to our Patreon, we'll tell you more later, but um, there's a a treat coming that involves me and Kim making Negronis, which we are now pleasantly sipping on. Mm. And we've got some, it's all very shortage, we put some sun-dried tomato and roasted garlic quinoa chips onto a chopping board. Um, (laughs) And um, yeah, I feel really great, actually.
1: This is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Should we just dive in?
1: Yeah, I want to give
0: a massive shout out to the beautiful girls at All Ears who sent me some gorgeous earrings. They did. Um, thank you for that. We are very much up for supporting any small independent businesses that Definitely. want to get the word out about their beautiful things. And um, yeah, so if you want to send us anything, feel free. Yeah,
1: just drop us a little message. But
0: um, go and check out All Ears. They've got a website and... Um, there you'll see a recent post on our socials with me wearing the earrings but they've got loads of different styles and they're beautifully made and run by two amazing girls and yeah check them out all ears
1: because now's the time to like support these businesses as stuff start to come back mm. you got to be shopping and don't go to fucking
0: businesses. spoons and pre-mark nope um unless you need some white socks you know we've, we've all been there yeah um, yeah, also, I want to shout out... There's been so many nice comments recently. Um, shout out to Feeney Beerman, who came on her last episode. That was really that enjoyable.
1: Was great. That was great. And
0: her video, Life on Mars...
1: Oh, it's so brilliant.
0: stunning. The artistry... Because also, like, whenever someone is about to cover a baritone, you kind of...
1: You're
0: like, <gasps> But it was so beautifully done yeah and it was just yeah it was very touching and, and the video is immense so go and check that out if you haven't seen it already and Nicole Emma Louise underscore commented about that episode I just want to say that this was so amazing to listen to thank you for sharing so many incredible points with a We love heart
1: that's nice and I it? thought that
0: was really cute we love you Nicole it's thank really you nice so to much. get
1: those messages if you do have anything that you want to tell us please do
0: yeah 100% good things only
1: yeah don't correct us
0: yeah anyway what are we going to chat about?
1: Well, um, I guess that everyone has been exercising their democratic rights recently. We've had lots of elections. Yeah. So we thought then we might have a little look at what happened to them. So there was Scottish elections, there was mayor elections, there was local elections. Yeah. A um, couple of buys, was there? A couple of buys, yeah. Um, so loads, loads of votes going on. Mm. And... um. Yeah, we thought it might be useful just to have a little chat about well, the outcome, but then maybe just have a look at how they actually work because I didn't really realise, but I think it was one of the first things I was taught at secondary school was about voting systems. Yeah. But a lot of people don't get taught about voting systems. No. And that is tricky.
0: It is, yeah, because it is a huge impact on how governments are formed and yeah. and, and how countries are run. them. Really. Yeah, um, exactly. So, yeah, well, well, let's start with... What do you want to start with? You you did some... What did you do some reading about?
1: Um, I had a look at the mayoral elections. Yep. Um,
0: they were interesting. They
1: were. Uh, so, of course, it wasn't just London Mayor, although, obviously, London Mayor gets lots and lots of coverage, yep. especially since we had delightful little sausages like Lawrence Fox running. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was lots of, like, eyes were on that one. But I think there's about... I think there's, Like thirty-five maybe places that opt to have mayors because it's essentially just the head of the council. Yeah. So you either have a bunch of councillors and those councillors vote who which one of them is going to lead, or you have a bunch of councillors that are voted in and a separate mayoral election. Yeah. Um, but it's the same sort of function as, uh, like the head of the council. Um, and it's it's not really been long since we've had one. Like it was two thousand that London decided to shling one in yeah
0: Um, and then more places started saying hey we want one one we want the fancy jewel necklace
1: exactly and the nice red coat and that yeah i Um, mean i want one so yeah so in london sadiq got back him
0: yeah how do we feel about that
1: well i would i'm glad it wasn't sean bailey yeah so that's good um like i mentioned to you before um lots and lots of the candidates were pushing extra police force yeah which is we not, don't
0: really want to see in london with what's happening yeah
1: i just I don't i don't think that's it doesn't address any kind of societal or community level problems yeah it just kind of criminalizes every problem right and actually requires the police force to do jobs that that they they aren't they didn't want to be doing the, the policing has become this massive thing so it's like I guess it's an easy election pledge or people if people connect the police force to feeling safe. Yeah. Like you would if you were a kind of middle class white person. Right. Then you're like, oh, oh, fifteen hundred more police. Yes, please. Yes, yeah, like feel stop. Even safer.
0: Yeah, crime and you know, it's yeah. like no, this is not the solution. But, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So he got back in closely followed by the Conservative, Sean mm. Bailey. Um and then Sean Berry for the Greens was, was in I really place. liked Sean yeah. manifesto.
0: I, I read up on it and it it was actually, and I mean, I don't mean to sound surprised. It's just, I, I do often support the Greens, but sometimes in the past I have found um, them a little, I'd like to see them be more radical sometimes mm. at certain points in certain elections. And I was really impressed with Sean manifesto. Um, actually, and and I think she did pretty well.
1: She did, yeah. And she this is the third time that she's run now, and obviously she's also the deputy lead of the Greens. Right. Um, it's an interesting sort of dual thing. I, and and I think um yeah,
0: they have like co-conveners, cool right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And personally, I'm really pleased to see Greens take over as the third party, yeah. take over from Lib Dems. Yep. So I mean that's good. They were the only three that got their deposits back. So mm. if like most elections, if you want to run. You have to pay a deposit, yeah. ten grand in the in the case of the mayor, and you only get your deposit back if you have at least five percent of the first preference votes. And so only the top three, and I think there was twenty um on the ballots, so only the top three got their cash back. Yeah. And then they take the rest of the money and they, they kind of set it against election costs. Um so lots of people, people like Lawrence Fox, lost that cash. Yeah. Um the cash thing's a bit tricky. I find that yeah, difficult as a barrier yeah, for entry, you know. Yeah, because there's
0: obviously going to be people that are funded by all kinds of people, you know, yeah. where the cash isn't a problem. It's like We see it in, in the American elections, actually, slightly off topic, but talking about voting systems in different countries, you know, I don't think there's a, a cap. Here there's a cap on yeah. the amount of money you can run a That's campaign right. on, which tr- tries to deem it more fair for everyone. But I think in America, that's that's not a thing. No, and so, you, you, so it is whoever has the most money can get the most coverage and yeah. whatever. And
1: you basically have to, like, if you want to be president, you you have to be a millionaire.
0: You need to get backing from yeah, all kinds of insane. private companies that will then lobby you once yeah. you have the power. Although, I mean, we are certainly not exclusive to that. I mean, look at all the recent stuff with um, lobbying yeah, in your own exactly. parliament. But anyway, you were saying mayors.
1: Uh, yeah, so then the system... Uh, is for voting for people that voted will have seen this that you in the mayoral elections you you put your first preference and then you put a backup choice you put your second preference and so then what happens is they count up all the first preferences and if when they count them up no one's got a clear majority they cut the lower ones down and redistribute their votes based on the the second preferences the backup preferences and that, that happens in other countries as well, they have a form of that and sometimes they kind of keep rotating round and round until one has a, has a yeah. majority. Um, which is an interesting system and I would say any system is better than first-past-the-post. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely keen for any form of like proportional representation.
0: First-past-the-post is, sorry, I'm just eating crisps everyone, <laughs> ASMI. First-past-the-post, it's essentially what it does on what it says on the TIM. And that is the the system that we use to elect members to Parliament in Westminster. And it's basically you vote for a candidate, you have one vote, and you vote for a candidate, and the candidate with the most votes wins, and everyone else loses. And, and there's, no,
1: there's no, you don't look at the share of the votes. So if there's 100 votes, one person gets 40, one person gets 30, one person gets 20, one person gets 10. The person with forty votes wins, even though more people voted against them. than Against
0: for them. them, yeah, for the other p- parties, yeah, yeah and totally. that's
1: the main questionable thing. And so mm-hmm. after the mayoral elections, because predominantly, like across the country, um, mayors tend to be uh, Labour candidate mayors, a yeah. um, couple of Greens, um, and actually there was the first. Um, Directly elected mayor, so that where you elect your mayor and your councillors, the first uh, black woman was elected as yeah, mayor there was a in few Liverpool. first.
0: Yeah, that was amazing in Liverpool. And also, did you see in Wales? In Wales, the f- the world's first openly non-binary mayor, Owen J. Arkham. And mm-hmm. I was reading about this today, and I just thought it's amazing. So they were unanimously voted in by the city of Bangor council, and it was a really interesting. I didn't know about this um, in the lead up to the Welsh election, but um, so Owen was a former Plaid Cymru candidate, mm-hmm. but resided, choose, chose not to stand for them during the campaign because of a Plaid candidate called H- Helen Mary Jones, who had been speaking at a bunch of um, kind of TERF, um, okay. kind of women's only events. Yeah. And obviously Owen is a openly non-binary member of the trans community, wasn't comfortable because then when it you know there was like a a disciplinary hearing or something within the party but then the party still um supported helen's right. campaign and, and continued her running for applied yeah so Owen was like well i can't in good conscience run for Plaid anymore and mm-hmm. stood as an independent and has become the first openly non-binary mayor elected in the world which is pretty fucking that amazing. is really brilliant incredible super brilliant yeah
1: so there was some nice bits of the the yeah. mayoral um elections there yeah um so then, then there was... Who should we do next? Should we do Scotland or should we do local...? Yeah, that's do Scotland. Okay. Um,
0: so Scotland, talking about voting system, Scotland uses what's called an additional member system. Um, and and th- this system really is a mixture of proportional representation and first-past-the-post. <coughs> and it, it, the system's really designed to form a coalition government, so it's to prevent any majority government, to prevent one party ruling... The government. Yeah. Um. Although that that actually did happen at one point, the SNP did win an overall majority for a term. Um, but it's rare. But it's, it's very, very rare, good. and the the system actively encourages a more representative parliament. Yeah. Um. So you you elect 120 members of Scottish Parliament in total, and I think like 70 ish of them are constituency MSPs, mm-hmm. and they are elected via first-past-the-post, so in each constituency you will vote for a candidate that's often standing for a party although they could be standing independently and you and it's this whoever has the most votes wins first past the post system yeah however then you have a second vote and that is for a party that's not for a candidate and this is called the regional list system and each party internally will come up with a list of regional msps mm-hmm. and that means that once they get over a certain percentage of the vote share via the list system their list mp's will start being elected for the region and there's like seven or eight regions um, across the parliament. So th- this system favours smaller parties such as the Greens that are often unlikely to win in first past the post yep. but it means that all the people voting for them have somewhere to put their support that means it'll actually show up in parliament which is via the list vote. Um, so yeah, I mean it was interesting. The SNP won two seats from Labour and one from the Tories mm-hmm. in the constituency results um, and. Uh, but those wins did cause the party to lose seats in the regional list. There's a debate about this both votes SNP message. It's very tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um, it It is generally the consensus is that you should give your list vote to other pro-indie smaller parties if you want it to remain effective because the more votes that parties get on the constituency, it makes it harder for them to then get MSPs elected on the list because their vote share is already so grand in the constituency, is how I... Yeah, in yeah, Understanding it. Yeah, um, and not many other, con- well, no other constituency seats actually changed. Um, so it meant that the parliament's roughly how we saw it before, but there was some big things like the SNP won Edinburgh Central, and mm-hmm. um, the former Westminster leader of the SNP, Angus Robertson, won that, and that's Ruth Davidson's old seat. That's the biggest. Um, the that biggest was a shift. huge shift. So they overturned a the Conservative majority there, but the Conservative majority was quite small. It was it like six hundred odd to begin with, but they, they have now won by. Uh, just short of 5,000 votes over the Tories but it was which a is, shocker when she brilliant. got in when yeah. Ruth
1: Davidson got in everyone was pretty shocked yeah. so that is heartening that the Tories have yeah.
0: lost that and they also won the SNP also won East Lothian which had been a Labour stronghold since the start of devolution in 99 so um they won by a majority of a thousand one hundred and seventy-nine. So yeah, I mean it it was like two big kind of big shifts there. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, we've remained with a healthy minority SNP government, but a pro-Indy majority in Parliament, with the Greens being there as well. The Greens did well. Um the SNP's um the SNP and the Scottish Tories, weirdly, um made history by electing the first two women of colour mm-hmm. to the Scottish Parliament. And um, Pam duncan Glancy actually, is the first wheelchair user to be elected to the Scottish Parliament. And I love Pam. She used to stand in my constituency. And, um, yeah, you know, she's a Scottish Labour member, but she always stands in a radical manifesto. And I think to have a wheelchair user in the Scottish Parliament is amazing. We need voices like that in the Parliament to contribute. Well, absolutely, yeah. That's that's exactly what I think should be happening. And, yeah, it was great to see. Um, Now comes the whole question of Indy and another indie referendum and I think what I first of all it's important to say that Alba did shit as you know which is pretty kind of as expected
1: yeah and Alba being the newly created party by um, everyone's favourite um, people like Alex Salmon
0: Tommy Sheridan Tommy
1: Sheridan
0: basically all the Scottish the pro- politicians snatcher from JJ um, Ch- Ch- Bang, Bang yeah yeah all the Scottish politicians that have been you know um, at the centre of sexual misconduct yeah. and harassment claims I've now decided to form a, a big old macho party to try and wave the Scottish flag and I'm very happy that didn't they really didn't work. it didn't really work. Mm-mm. Um people saw through the bullshit. And um yeah I think it's what well, it's really interesting this narrative around you know Boris Johnson saying that, you know, under no question will there be a the pension for everyone it was well, okay, so we're in a situation where there's a very clear majority of pro independence MSPs in the Scottish Parliament. The SNP actually won like a, a historic fourth term in government and a historic share of the vote.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, and I want to pick up on that in a minute. I'll okay. Come back to that,
0: yeah. And um, but what I think is important to remember is by Boris Johnson. D- th- so the timing of this referendum for me as an indie supporter needs to be correct. Yes. Right. We need to form a radical vision for radical change in our country. It's about self-determination, it's about community, it's about hope. We can't just say let's have another referendum and all the staunch SNP supporters are going to vote yes and all the unions are going to vote no it's going to be as close as it was last time. We need to actually talk about radical change here. But by Boris Johnson not allowing the Scottish people to decide this for themselves, if he gets in the way of another vote, the union, which is supposed to be a voluntary voluntary coming together of four nations then becomes something that actually Scotland is being forced to be a part of. And that yes. becomes a very dangerous situation and actually is an argument for independence, surely. Absolutely. You know, what should be a voluntary and equal share of nations Absolutely becomes a dictatorship of England over everyone else, yes. and that is everything that we're fighting against. So I think it's very Boris Johnson needs to be very careful. Well, he won't be because he's clumsy, as fuck and messy as fuck. But like, you know, I think it would be we're going to see some serious fire starting if th- any attempt is to block another vote. You know?
1: Yeah. Well, definitely. I think because I think the thing is that is not clear, and why would people make it clear? Because it's this the kind of confusion is really useful for people, um, that the the system of, of voting in Scotland, like you said, kind of discourages majority yeah. winners. So it is really closely aligned. The number of votes and the, equal the number of seats. is a much sort of clearer system. And because it, it kind of encourages the diversity within the parliament, you it's actively encouraged that there's a coalition. Now, in the first-past-the-post system... A coalition is like a tricky, slippery little customer that everyone was trying to avoid. So when the the non Scottish press report on the fact that they that there's that you know what the voting
0: A minority government, they say a minority government is like a, a bad failure. thing. Yeah.
1: When actually if if the SNP were to run in the English system under First Past the Post They'd be away oh, they'd have 15 a years huge yeah. majority, so yeah. it's, it's which is
0: unhealthy, definitely. No, because no no one party should be the ruling party. We've we, this is what the Scottish people, you know, have, have shown is that they're happy with cross party, yep, things. You know, um, it works, you know, it works
1: and it avoids like wasted votes and tactical voting, yeah. Um, because there's always this thing, it's bit, and I feel it, you know, really acutely voting in England, uh, where if. If you want to put your vote behind any candidate that's not Labour or Conservative, it's wasted. People in say, "Well, yeah. it's wasted. Why you would be better voting Labour to stop Tories getting it. right?" And although, like, I fully understand from a kind of strategy point of view, that's a, such a depressing reality it is. that that's the way that it's voting like, plays out. Hold
0: on. Out. Since when did my political beliefs just not matter at all? You know, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah,
1: and then so because you'll see that like local council level is like across the country with some exceptions, but there's a big, big kind of lean towards left wing council. At council level, mm. people want candidates like that are kind of centre or centre left or left. And then as it moves up the chain, somehow we start leaning towards the right. And you'll see that after the mayoral election the conservatives have pitched that we change the mayoral elections to first yeah. past the post as well yeah now the only party that ever benefits from first past the post is the tories mm-hmm. they've sat at 40 percent of the vote in almost all setups for so long yeah they love that system they're the only ones that do yeah um, that's and really dangerous actually along dangerous.
0: with the id card thing yep i think it's really important to highlight these two well actually there's three things i want to highlight in that queen's speech and it's that the needing of id to vote right which just further discourages folk because id costs money you know like it's first you know and also like why should that be a requirement for voting like they're just trying to discourage that's more right More people
1: because the, the the way that they play it is we want to stop voter fraud now, the occurrence of voter fraud is minuscule for minuscule. It's minuscule. And there's barely any
0: wasted voters as well. Right. It's
1: incredibly difficult to perpetuate voter fraud, um, like in most kind of modern systems. Mm. Um, but the chances are that IDs will cut a quarter of the voters. It will lose a quarter of voters. No. Um, and so, OK, so if there's someone who is you know from fairly privileged background they've got their passport they've got their driver's license they say well yeah it makes perfect sense why should we let's not bother about voter id we've all got id Mm -hmm. what do you say to that what's your response
0: well i would just say that you clearly don't understand anyone's situation but your own then because like i know plenty of people that haven't grown up traveling abroad and have never had a passport or that Honestly, I've lost a provisional on a night out. We've all done it, and mm-hmm. can I afford sixty quid to get a new one. And mm-hmm. there, you know, and there's also just other more pressing issues of survival in people's life than having the luxury of paying for ID. Right. You know, or like, or don't drive because they can't afford a car or whatever it is. You know,
1: there's no. It's pro- just like there's no mandatory what? and um, government provided ID. No,
0: right? so so it, it all costs money. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so it's an opt-in system. Yeah. Which is which is obviously it's costly. Yeah um and it also you know if you it's it's targeting again people that don't have kind of stable housing or opt not to have fixed mm-hmm. abodes it targets you know it cuts these people out
0: exactly like the tra- traveling community for one or whoever like you know it's it's absolutely yeah it's is bullshit and another thing that really got me in that queen's speech was you know everyone was reporting finally we're getting a ban on conversion therapy and conversion therapy is the name given to the the practice of um, kind of a a process of psych- psychological torment, really, and torture that tries to, you know, get the anyone that's that's questioning their sexuality or gender identity. It, it kind of tries to encourage them to see the light or straighten them out in some way. Um, and it used to be far more vicious than it is now. Actually, with a whole physical element to it as well, but. Um yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that's still going on yep. in today's society. A lot of parents will sign their children up yep. to conversion therapy and it's really horrific because it basically, you know, it's saying you are wrong, there's something wrong with you, you're ill, we need to yeah, we'll cure you. you. Yeah, we'll cure you and um, we'll teach you how to suppress It's m- malicious feelings. and yep. it's, it's, it's really abuse. And the UN has is, is spoken out about this and said it needs to be banned in all its forms. And the the... I like think Theresa May won in a, a, a manifesto promise that said she was going to end conversion therapy. Still hasn't done it. Um, and just now, that you know, in the recent Queen's speech, it was like, right, we're going to end conversion therapy. But what we actually, what is happening is there's a public consultation being opened, which has already been done because yep. there's already been the petitions and the charities and the groundwork. Exactly. All the evidence has been done. Yep. So open a public, let's consult straight people on conversion right. therapy because mm-hmm. that's what we need to do. no. And also the bill that's being proposed is that it can still go ahead on religious grounds. And exactly. the bill it so it's not Vilban at all. And this is where it is often most prominent. Well, of is course. In, it's so strongly you know, connected to, to the the religious church. practice. And then also um the the they need to ensure the safety of people working in the practice so again we're protecting the private psychiatrist sector all the kind of rich you know people that make money off this benefit from the you know we're going to make sure that they still have a job you know it's ridiculous
1: yeah it's extraordinary and it's this it's this thing and it's and it's so calculated it's not someone misspeaking it's not it's not a, a misunderstood message it's a very calculated way of using language to
0: to... Um, appear... To
1: deceive people. Yeah, because right?
0: literally Gay Times...
1: Yeah.
0: ...reported, like, they just put up an Instagraphic of... ...conversion therapy, ban Queen speech. And I was like, what are you doing, Gay Times? Like, do yeah. some reading. Like, yeah, what are you what chatting? Happened. Like, it's ridiculous. Like... Yeah, we just thought that was really poor journalism because they put up this Instagram and like everyone was like yay, and I was like guys, like not yay. The fight is not over. Like we yep. need to like and and I I actually really hate being that person. I I love to celebrate wins. Like yep. I hate being like this doesn't go far enough because it's Absolutely. so tiring. I want it to go far enough. You but want like, to celebrate? This is like not okay. This yep. this thing that just it's it's not okay. It's like read the small print, you know.
1: And people who are, who aren't connected to it. You know, at a, a really deep level, or but they're kind of peripherally, they, they see it and they think it's easy to rude.
0: be like, yeah. yeah, oh,
1: it's and then they'll see the headline and they'll think, well, that's fixed now, so I'll turn totally, away from that totally. Great, well, everyone wins there, and then
0: we are then ag- ag- again left to fight on our own, you yeah. know, and that's that's the whole thing, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, I just ended up rambling there about Queen speech stuff, but um, what were we talking about?
1: Um, yeah, so that that's what happened in Scotland. So very interesting to see what happens now. Next. Yeah, um, it'll be really interesting. Cuz there the conversation about the timing of the independence referendum it's is so gonna, crucial is gonna be going on for a long time. Yeah. And all we can all I can hope is that we learn from what happened the first time. Otherwise
0: there's no point.
1: There's no point and there's and I hope that people have learned that fear using fear as a tool of oppression is incredibly powerful yeah. but there are ways to fight against it if you just step back from that narrative that's being shoved down your throat yeah. and question it and i hope that people with the first referendum and then subsequently with the brexit vote people have had their eyes open to the very calculated ways and messages and lies that are that are told mm. about that um so that was yeah that was really heartening and then we also had, then there was local elections in in England. And, you know, and like you said, a couple of by elections. Hartlepool being the... Yeah, Hartlepool,
0: honestly, I mean, yes, it's devastating to see what happened in Hartlepool. So Hartlepool has been a Labour seat since its inception And in, When was it? I can't remember. Was it like the 50s or the 70s? can't remember.
1: I think it might even be longer than that.
0: Um, anyway, it's been a Labour seat since its inception and it has now become a Tory seat in a by-election. Um, and, and everyone's going on about Labour's defeat, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And I must say, I have turned to the people that I would continually turn to, that are speaking the most sense. And I read Owen Jones' article, and I read Jeremy Corbyn's in The Independent. And, you know, this was a seat that Corbyn won twice yep. under his leadership and increased his majority on. Yep. And look at how, you know, the attack from the media after both those elections he fought, yep. how horrible it was. Starmer has now lost that seat. Yep. And we're seeing nowhere near... You know, no one's calling for his resignation. He's sitting there shuffling his cabinet like it's a game of Monopoly. Yeah,
1: having a right And time.
0: having a, you know, still in his job. Yeah. Like, it's, and nobody has a fucking clue what he stands for no, or exactly. who he is. I don't, well, he doesn't. know. Or, that or, doesn't you know, know, and it's so important that we don't, like, what we've seen under Corbyn was a mass movement of people towards radical change. We can't give up on the policy it's the people that is, is are failing us we can't give up on these policies we need to actually use them to then provide a radical vision
1: well we run the risk of, of losing all the positives that came under Corbyn's leadership mm. let's remove for a second what people think about Corbyn as a leader yeah. so that's fine whatever you think yeah, right, like, I'm I don't
0: like, want to talk about boardroom etiquette you yeah, know, it I don't does, give a fuck whatever
1: you think it doesn't matter but let's look at the actual movement the mass movement of people yeah. that got behind that vision yeah. of what Labour could be and has yeah. been in the past and, and should be, past. be
0: and was founded on
1: yeah and now let's see that suddenly we've all hopped in a time machine back to 97 where Tony Blair's back totally And here we go again. And then Keir Starmer said, oh, I take full responsibility for it. Presumably what he meant was he takes the full responsibility and hurtles it at uh, Angela Rayner like a sack of shit because she was kicked out the door (coughs) before she could, like, have a cup of coffee in the morning. And meanwhile, you know, no one seems to be going after his job the way they went after Jeremy Corbyn. Whenever anything in the world happened, we were telling him he should be it. It was Jeremy
0: Corbyn's fault, yeah.
1: And suddenly, you know, and talk about competency of leadership i don't i don't think your stammer has an ounce of it no there is it, it feels like the, the there is of, no opposition well there is no opposition and that means that the people have to be the opposition which is exhausting yeah. when you because ha- that you have to do single issue opposition mm-hmm. because that's the only way you can do it from you know your house and down the road you know that then people get so tired fighting at every corner just it's everything's yeah. a battle and there's no might behind it it's just like it's so depressing and so yeah he's he's reshuffling his cabinet basically to get any whiff of actual
0: change like or change that, yeah, you know yeah. any kind of
1: people that might still have Corbyn on their phone contact list to get them out the door and so we are just we're good just going to see Blairite labour again Except yeah. nobody wants that either, because basically what we gave people was the choice between Tory and Tory light.
0: Yeah, exactly. And people That's were the like, problem. I'll just have that Tory then. That is the problem, yeah, yeah I'll yeah. have the real Tory. So like, yeah.
1: don't, don't shit Tory. It's like, it's just, it's so, it's so depressing.
0: Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. So, yeah, it's not the, the, the local elections and all that stuff, maybe not the sexiest of... It's not. It's not the sort of oomph of a general election. No, it
0: hasn't. It hasn't. Um, but these things all matter.
1: They do, and sometimes they matter more because these are the people that are going to be doing, making decisions on the things that are going the to actually local imp- stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, your bins, the streets, yeah. and your schools, and you know. The stuff and that and matter. also
0: like you know, I live just off Brick Lane, and like the, you know, there's huge local campaigns going on at the moment because all the kind of independent. Um, Business there and, and the business is run by the Bangladesh community are under threat because they want to turn the um, parts of the old Truman Brewery into shopping malls and stuff. So these are like council issues where you know it can really be fought at local level to yeah. try and keep community ownership of things and whatever. So yeah, um, libraries, community centres, all this. You know,
1: it's the hard work. It's not. It's not the stuff that you see. The the it's kind not of the media. sexy media stuff. It's, yeah. it's the but it's the sort of day to day stuff where you actually find. People who've been involved in politics for a really long time who have deep, deep care for a, for the community in which they live because they actually live there. They don't just buy a property so they can say they live there. But they actually are rooted in the community and they know people, they know people's faces and their families. And right. they, they are fighting for actually what the community wants as a true representative. So in a yeah. way, it's like the most important thing. Yeah, and it totally. also sets the groundwork for when we next have to have a general election.
0: Yeah, it feeds in, yeah. yeah.
1: Which is sadly not for a while, but.
0: Yeah, we're stuck. For well, we're ages. not, we're not. We, we need to keep moving. We need to keep mobilised. But yeah. So after all that grovel, because yeah. it was the least sexy stuff, mm-hmm. we want to um, just talk about some nice joy. Things. yeah. Some joy. Tell me our, a joyous thing. Um, I've got a few, actually. Okay. You open the olives, okay. darling, and I'll talk. So um, I went to an amazing little cafe called Holy Shot on Bethnal Green Road, Yesterday and I had a fucking banging vegan sausage roll. Mm-hmm. So that's my first one. Just nice. shout out to Holy Shot. Then I really, really enjoyed watching The Brits. Oh yeah. Um my amazing pal Hannah was playing with Arlo Parks mm-hmm. and a few people on the the scene uh were playing in that set and I thought Arlo was you know it was a stunning performance, but also just it was amazing queer and female representation at yeah. the Brits, And I just was living for it. Like Little Mix were the first girl band to everyone best group, which yep. was great. You would never think that, and they dedicated it to the Spice Girls and Girls yeah. Aloud. Not, and I thought that was so sick. Yeah, and then Juelipa was amazing. She dedicated her first speech to giving a a pay rise to key workers mm-hmm. and I just thought that was amazing you know Brilliant. get political yes we love to see it
1: and she was shrouded in Vivian West which Yes, was fucking incredible right
0: and then just I mean this was the moment for me when Ollie Alexander duetted with Elton John they yeah. did a cover of the Pet Shop Boys It's a Sin and it, the whole thing was to highlight the struggle of the AIDS crisis and, and kind of you know there was a little piece at the start that said you know we've just been through a pandemic but it was nothing like what it was you know in the 80s and all that and there was a beautiful cameo of the east london queer icon princess julia at one moment and i was just like fucking hell this is the brits like this is a pretty like institutionalized yeah. like sponsored by mastercard and princess julia is on that stage and there's the whole thing of the AIDS crisis and fucking Juillippa shouting up the workers. And I was like, this is actually sick.
1: It's really, it's really, really exciting. refreshing to yeah. see.
0: And I was like, this is the kind of music industry that I actually am excited about being a part of.
1: Absolutely. It was like 85% of the wins in the mixed gender categories were, were women. women. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, yeah, and it's like pop music. And activism and politics all being yeah. t- coming together.
0: Yes, as it should, and fashion. The and wrong get- ways. Rena, did you see oh Rena's dress? God. Incredible. And MNEK was wearing a stunning, stunning piece as well. I, I just, yeah, I lived for the, the red carpet really. I was just like, wow, that's amazing. Jessie Ware, I think she was in Valentino. Um, Leanne Le Havis and Celeste were both stunning as well. I mean, obviously. And it was yeah. a
1: live music thing, which we've all missed so yes, much. Yes, it was
0: part of one of these pilot schemes. I mean, the thing in Liverpool looked amazing. That yeah. rave, I just I'd seen like, um, like Jaguar Worldwide, I think, it was playing and the Blessed Madonna, and just uh, in fact there was a thing of the Blessed Madonna narrating a little clip of it, and just being like, you know, we will dance again, and seeing all these people raving without masks, hugging each other. You know, they'd all been tested before and all that. It was as part of a government pilot, but. Just, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm quite emotional." Like, so,
1: yeah, one of my friends texted me like, saying it's quite emotional to see that group. Of yeah, people together.
0: like that sense of togetherness, and that is activism to me. Yeah. Like being in a club, like dancing to the same beat,
1: yeah.
0: is a source of unity Definitely. and so strong.
1: And we've missed out for a really long time, so that felt like a really nice like. Here's it's a, coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. god!
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well you done, go.
1: Um, Yeah, so I wanted to tell you a story that you might already know, but you have to pretend you don't know it because I'm actually telling the people listening. Okay,
0: I'm just going to do a quick memory wipe. Here we go.
1: Okay, great. Done. Um, And it's about someone who definitely deserves the name Good Troublemaker. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name is Ruth Coker Burks. Do you know her?
0: No. Okay, great.
1: Um, So she um, is an American woman uh, from Arkansas, uh, from Little Rock, who, which is also home to Bill Clinton. Mm. Um, And she, when she was in her early 20s, she was a single mum, and she went to visit uh, one of her friends in hospital. And when she was in hospital, she said that she saw, there was a room at the end of the corridor that was piled up with food trays. And there was like a big kind of like red cross on the door and she realised that the nurses were drawing straws to determine who would be the one to go to the door. And so she kind of watched them for ages, and then when they were all busy doing something else, Ruth went into this room and saw this man, Jimmy, who was about the same age as her, so in his early 20s. She said she couldn't really determine him from the bed sheets; He was that frail, and he was, he was dying of AIDS. Mm-hmm. And... He she said to him, like, is there anything I can do? And, and he said, I just I want my mum. So she went to the nurses station and she said, um, that man in there, he wants to see his mum, so can you phone his mum? And they were they like, you know, they stepped back from her. You've been in there, he's got that gay disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she said, we well, just want to see his mum and they said, He's been in here for six weeks. He's not had any visitors, so no one's come in and she said, Well, you give me his mum's phone number then and I'll phone her. So they they wrote it on a bit of paper and sort of like threw it at her because they didn't want to touch her. Um, and wouldn't let her use the nurses' station phone because um, she'd been in the room. Yeah. So she said she so she went down to the another payphone and she called this woman. And the woman basically kept. She was the woman was denying it was her son, and so she called back a couple of times and then she said, like as soon as the woman picked up, before she could speak, Ruth said. Listen, if you don't if you hang up with me one more time, I'm gonna print an obituary in, in your local newspaper and I'm gonna tell people what he died from. Um and the woman said, Okay, what is it that you want? And she said, Your son's in here and he's dying and he just wants to see you. And she said, You know, I lost my son the day he said he was gay, like I don't want anything to do with him. And so so she hung up the phone, she went back into the room and this man said, Oh, you you've come, like I knew you would come and he was basically delirious. So she she just sat with him she said yep i'm here and she sat with him for about 14 hours until he died um she said she was just chatting to him and she said hearing is one of the last things that you lose so she just wanted him to know that he wasn't on his own and she was sitting holding his hand she was just kind of you know just talking anything to just kind of soothe him and so so he died and and she kind of left and not that she put it to the back of her mind but she kind of That was just, you know, an occasion that had arisen, you know. Uh, Anyway, she then realised that the hostel weren't going to do anything about his body. So she started calling funeral homes and none of them would take him. Mm. So she found a funeral home that was like about 100 miles away that was basically on the verge of like financial collapse and needed the money. And they said they would take him, but only if they could come at night. And only if they were just going to cremate the body, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to publicise it, whatever. She said, "Fine, as long as you take it, take the body. That's fine." So they took it. And a few weeks later, she got a package, and in the package were Jimmy's ashes. The hospital had sent them, and you know, basically said, "Well, if you like them so much, you you take them then." And coincidentally, in a turn of events that I don't think has ever happened ever again, or or since, or before. Her mum. She was an only child, and her mum fell out with her brother very, very seriously, and bought every plot of a cemetery so that he couldn't be buried with them.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> right? What a length to go to! <laughs> and
1: so bought like I was like two hundred and seventy burial plots or something. And wow. when her when her mum died, she's an only child. She inherited this cemetery. And oh my so, God, did she feel it? so she took him and she buried him. Wow. And then she said, after a while, she started getting these calls. The hospital were giving her number out to these men saying, She likes you, you deal with her. So she'd get them in the middle of the night and she'd get these men just crying, sobbing, people that have been disowned, and people that were so scared and they didn't know what to do. She started to talk to them, she would visit them in the hospital. And then she'd sneak them and s- sneak them into the cemetery cause it's illegal to bury people. But yeah. m- not many people have their own cemeteries to do what those rules are. Yeah. But, um, no one would test people either. So one of her other friends used to was a former intravenous drug user and he showed her how to inject. And she started testing men. She would she would do it in the cemetery because she said no one's going to stop you in the cemetery what you're doing in the cemetery she'd invite them there she'd give them a talk she'd she'd go through all the weather she'd take their blood then she'd take all the blood to the hospital and she'd pay to have it tested what a hero and then she'd have to tell them if it was yes or if it was no because nowhere else would do it and she did it like for years and years and years she did this for a massive community of people so she's known now as the um, as like an AIDS angel and I'm sure yeah. she's not alone. but she wrote a book called a book about her called um, All the Young Men and I just think
0: oh my god that's like Ballad of the Sad Young Men like the Fran Landis mention like. isn't
1: it just like this completely not normal she's extraordinary but what I mean is she, she was just a person yeah who just thought that's
0: all it takes right
1: there's someone who needs a cuddle and, that, and at every point she uh, just thought, well, someone needs to do it, so I'm going to do it.
0: That really it reminds me as well of, like, you know, It's a Sin, that amazing TV show, and, and Jill, the character Jill, and, it like, that was, uh, you know, how much she gave to the community, and she was a real person. She actually plays Jill's mum in yeah. the thing, which is amazing. But, um, yeah, just these amazing predominantly women, you know, mm-hmm. that... That could just—they had that maternal instinct of like, "I'm gonna be here for this community." They just need a cuddle. They just need someone to hold their hand. Yeah, I'm emotional. I'm so emotional today already, but that's amazing. I love. Well, there's that.
1: people there. Uh, there's people in the states, isn't there, that that basically say like, "We'll be your mums." Yeah. If your mums have disowned well, you. Well,
0: this is why we have the houses in in the queer community. So, um, that all started in the the ballroom scene, mm-hmm. which was. Uh, really, the the the, it's like an underground scene, but it's where Vogue came from, mm-hmm. and before, that's where Madonna got it from, and it's like a, a celebration of of black queer culture, and there'd be the, these things called balls where people would walk runways. Um, we'll do like a whole episode of this probably um, in different categories and it'll be a safe space for the queer community predominantly black and Latinx queer community to come together mm-hmm. and it's where a lot of the drag language from today comes from as well all these yeah. death drops and they're actually called dips and whatever um, and, and there was houses because a lot of people yeah they were kicked out of their homes and people still have a tricky relationship with their families queer people and yeah. um, it's about chosen family and, yes. and you'd have the mother and father of a house and you'd live with them and they'd take care of you and they'd especially when Things like AIDS were running ravaged through families. You know they were families; they still are families. I definitely have chosen family. You know, mm-hmm. like and 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 I'm v- blessed with my biological family being really supportive of me. But I think as queer people, you there's a, a special thing about chosen family that just is unbreakable. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful story. I love that.
1: Do you want to talk about what was yeah. happening in Glasgow yeah. today? Yeah,
0: my other emotional thing today was um, I am so. Moved by the community of Govan Hill in Glasgow and what happened today. Um, I just, it just kind of was, I was on social media and I could see like some of my friends were on um, the street and they were kind of trying to shout about something that was happening and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And basically what happened was Dawn raids have, have started to be carried out by the Home Office, the UK Home Office. We're talking about um, the lovely, pretty Patel's government here. Um, Dawn raids where people are woken up at dawn and there's a big immigration van and they're dragged out of their bed and put in a van with no, you know, very inhumane conditions and then put on a flight and deported from the country with no trial, often. um And um, in this instance, the dawn raid van arrived and the community, uh, two men were put in the van and the community, the neighbours, said, no, nah, we're not having it. And they surrounded the van there was an activist under the van and this movement just grew and grew and grew people were sharing on on um, social media get down to the street you know it's, it's here come and join us and for seven hours these men were held in this van and police scotland you know they, they were seen wearing blue lives matter badges. I didn't even know about the blue lives matter movement. I mean, oh, it's horrific. Oh, it's a scale. It's old really horrific, and, and it was. But it was amazing the sense of community. As the police officers tried to escalate, it tried to become more violent uh, towards protesters. The protesters formed a human barrier, and the police had to move back. And Hamza Yusuf, Nicola Sturgeon, whose constituency it was, were saying we are against this deportation. It is a UK ordered thing. You know the. You know, we are against it. They were trying to get through to the home office. No one would answer their calls. And eventually, Police Scotland had to let the men go because it was deemed as a matter of public safety mm-hmm. because the protesters would not give up. These protesters sat on that road and surrounded the vehicle for over seven hours. Yep. And members of the community were bringing food, they were bringing water, that more people were arriving from work. I'm, I'm literally like goosebumps thinking about it because these were just folk, right? Just, yep. just folk. Who stopped this and never underestimate your power as an individual in any situation, never walk past and think, "I can't do anything because these people that that's all they were was people it didn't yep. matter who they were they'd just come together and said, "We're not having this, and the men were you know they were they were let go, but for today. The today. Home Office will come back, yes, and these will. vehicles will come back, and we need to stop dawn raids and uh, dawn raids and unlawful detention in Scotland and in England and everywhere in the world. Yeah, and um, it's been a heavy week. We, we can't even get into this right now, but it's been a heavy week for for any people that have been othered around the world in sense of minority, especially when it comes to race and and displacement of people. And I just it was a real heartwarming. Thing to see, you yep. know. I was crying watching these these men just be so grateful for the folk that just stood by them today. And, and it
1: wasn't violence. It was the, not violence. It was just. It was. We're just sitting here. Community
0: spirit. You are not moving. This yeah. van will not move. Yeah. Because we are sitting here. We're
1: just going to keep sitting. It's and if, And if we were going to sit here all night, that's fine. People come from their work. We'll take over your space. Yep. but, it, but we're not That was stopping. it. People
0: came and went. Friends of mine, you know, they had stuff on. They came and went, and yep. and I'm just proud of every single person I know that was there, and and every single person that i didn't know that was there it was absolutely beautiful
1: yeah really gorgeous cheers and to you yeah all. really and it was just it was just people normal everyday people looking out the window and thinking no That's my that neighbor. doesn't seem like the right thing to do yeah. let's not let that happen yeah there you go but like you really you're right that stopped for today. Yeah. But the Home Office is not going to go. Oh well, we'll just stop that then. No, they
0: they'll be back. Yeah. And 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 but I've seen an amazing story put up by uh, an activist from Refugee, mm-hmm. and they said, "You'll be back, but we'll be ready. Yeah. And we will be here every time you come." And I just I'm honestly it's it's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really beautiful. And there's those really heartening pictures of, of the groups of people. And you'll yeah. see normal families, normal everyday people. Yeah, folk
0: that live on the street, you know, that Don't, live yeah. there, you know.
1: Don't let people tell you that protesters doesn't
0: change anything.
1: Yeah, and that they are a really specific group of people. They're not that anyone and everyone we has are voice. All, yeah. We
0: are all good troublemakers and it's that whole I Daniel Blake thing, you know. Yep. It could be any of us.
1: Could be any of us. We're all only a few steps away from. What's the that? We're all Jack hardship. Thompson's
0: parents, you know. It's yep. literally that, isn't exactly. it? It's like, and if you choose to come and live in Glasgow or live in London, like you are here and we're a community, it doesn't matter yeah. where you're from. You won't be. You should never be woken up in the middle of the night and deported without question. That no, is shocking. Y-
1: exactly. So. Yeah, well done to all the good troublemakers that are. Yes, we love you. Causing really good trouble everywhere, and um, we'll post some links to some of the some of that footage that yeah. you that you shared, but and then also to to Ruth Coker book and yes. to some other stuff there. There's loads of people out there doing fucking brilliant amazing stuff. amazing
0: stuff. It's important when we talk about things that are so heavy and Tory government week in week out. It's actually important to stop for a minute and go, what made you really fucking happy today? Exactly. Um, you can't give it all to the fight. You get battle weary. You do. And we need to keep each other going. And, you know, I just... Yeah, there's a lot of people doing incredible things out there.
1: You've got to celebrate small wins as well. You've got to give yourself time to celebrate stuff and to, like, treasure those moments yes. of, like, this happened, this was good, this yeah. was the right thing. Because you do get tired and you do get worn down. And then that point, when everyone's worn out and too tired, it's is when, when those will business yeah. happens. Yeah, So, um... I think having cocktails and snacks is definitely... We can never go back. ...the new normal.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, everyone's like, what's your new normal? (laughs) We're like, (laughs) quinoa chips, olives, negronis... Yeah. um anyway darlings we will see you soon don't yes. forget to follow us subscribe email us mm-hmm. if you've got good people in your community that you want to highlight if you've yeah. got independent businesses where'd you love to go for a coffee um who does your local food bank need volunteers like just let us know and tell we'll shout you out yeah tell us stories we love you goodbye goodbye